The Indianapolis Colts' new franchise quarterback comes with a little bit of warts in his game. Can they be fixed? Let's get into it today, guys. You are Locked On Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. This is your daily podcast covering your Indianapolis Colts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Zach Hicks, the most notorious film guy in all of Colts Nation. My uh, co-host is not here today, Jake Arthur, but he is our credentialed reporter. Boots on the ground there at Colts training camp. Uh, today, though, I am joined by a very special guest, Greg Pinelli here of the Pinelli Passing Academy. Uh, famously worked with Josh Allen, among so many other uh, quarterbacks that are in the NFL. I think college as well. In high school, you do a lot of that stuff there too, Greg. But uh, guys, we're going to have Greg on here today to talk about not really Anthony Richardson, but to talk about how QB trainers work with quarterbacks that have mechanical issues. And we're going to talk about a couple mechanical issues that Anthony Richardson has and how Greg and other QB coaches would go about not really fixing that because a lot of it does come down to these quarterbacks themselves getting better, but how they would approach improving those situations for those young quarterbacks. So to start it off here, Greg, we're going to talk about the most fundamental foundational thing when it comes to quarterback play, and that is the base, the feet. Everything starts with the feet. How important is it to have a solid base and just, I guess, kind of keep that that symmetry with the upper and lower halves when it comes to the throwing as a quarterback? Yeah, I uh, first of all, I appreciate you having me on, man. Um, it's an honor to be here. And so just talking into the base, everything we do from a quarterback perspective, like you said, it, it all comes from the ground up. Um, you know, there's like the old saying, no feet, no throw. And a ton of guys will say that a lot of quarterback coaches um, will say that. And then it, it really from a from an early stage of quarterback training, you know, working with like a 10 year old, 12 year old younger kid into then you go into the high school and then college by the time they get to college they have a lot of those fundamentals they have a lot of muscle memory um whether that's mostly good habits and there's going to be a few bad habits right but not everybody's going to be perfect per se um or few guys are and, and obviously it doesn't take a rocket scientist to to kind of figure out who those dudes are that are playing on Sundays. So uh, when you work with the younger guys, it's 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 starting with the feet because a lot of them will have narrow bases. Right. Mm -hmm. And the biggest thing with a base and, you know, foot strike and where the arm mechanics are on the back end. It's all about sequencing, right, from a biomechanics yep. perspective. If you can have your feet in the ground, the faster the arm's going to move on the back end, especially for him as a righty. Like, his left foot gets into the ground quicker. The arm has to move faster. Therefore, you got better hand speed. The ball comes out quicker. You know, and so once your foot – or excuse me, if you play with a little bit of a better base, I'm not saying super wide because you don't want him to get squatty, right? You don't want to mm -hmm. take a 6'5 quarterback and make him play at 6'1". That's not the goal. Um but if they could be comfortable, almost like a boxer, right? Like if you think about a boxer, it's very similar. Rotational athletes, hitters in baseball, it's all very similar. You don't see guys hit baseballs with their feet very tight together. 
-hmm. Golfers, same thing. They got a firm base, their feet are in the ground. They use the ground to create rotational force. So ground force and rotational force. So when you have your feet, usually a little bit more compact, that front stride typically becomes longer. The hands will dip a little bit more and everything kind of becomes loopy is what uh, a lot of people talk about, right? Um, and that's the biggest thing I actually talked about yesterday. It's like this mysterious, what's going to happen with the Trey Lance situation in San Francisco. And he worked with Jeff Christensen, quarterback coach, um, who does stuff with Mahomes. And within the article, it said it took him like four days to figure out what he was doing. And he had a little bit of a hitch in his motion. So he'd have the ball in the carriage and kind of bring it up. And then he'd get a really long front stride and the hands would be even longer. And I just actually saw a clip of him right now. It looks like he's playing with a little bit of a wider base. Mm -hmm. And therefore, like I said, the hands tend to be or almost forced to be a little bit quicker when you play with a wider base. So um, that's usually like the first thing we'll touch on from a quarterback training perspective, unless somebody is just completely awkward or screwy with the upper half mechanics, yeah. then it's like, okay, we're going to take the feet out of it. Maybe I'll, we'll have them sit down or, you know, be on two knees and they're just working on more of an upper upper half stroke or the takeaway and where the arm path is going. But yeah, most of the time it's going to be feet first. And, and that's really the focus point um, throughout, you know, if you watch a lot of NFL quarterbacks that are really good throwers of the football, they're typically really, really good with their feet. Um, mm -hmm. And even guys like Pat Mahomes was a prime example I've used a couple of years ago. There was that throw on the goal line. I, I'd have to find the clip. There's a throw on the goal line where he gets really wide and his front foot flies way open on like a five-yard arrow route and completely dumps it into the ground. And I think that everybody would argue that he's one of the best throwers on the planet, obviously. And it happens to those guys, right? They get screwy feet. You can't – it's not all the time where you're just going to be able to make up um, with your arm talent alone if you don't have your feet uh, underneath you. So – it's, it is something that's stressed throughout the industry big time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I love that you mentioned the the hitters and golfers when it comes to using the feet and the base and rotating through the hips because when I got into my mechanics to Carson Wentz series a couple years ago, uh, I really got into it and I was like going into it thinking like, oh, pitchers and quarterbacks, that's the similar type thing, but it's more of the hitters in base. For sure, the, the hitters, yeah. yeah. Boxers is the same thing. Boxing is the exact same way. Like I use that reference a lot. I ask kids, um, hey, do you watch boxing? And, and you know, people watch UFC. And But if you really, like, get into the intricacies of it, you know, foot strikes or they step, and their their steps, are, unless they're throwing a huge punch, are going to be a little bit more compact. But the first thing to fire is always the hip. Mm -hmm. And then the arm chases the hip. Same with hitters. The, the front foot goes. They, they'll almost coil that front shoulder. And it's the same with quarterbacks. They'll coil it quickly or they'll pat the ball, and that's closing the front shoulder creating some tension in their core and then they completely unwind. But yeah, pitchers is a little bit different because their goal is to use the rubber from the similarity of using the ground quarterbacks are similar. And I tell quarterbacks all the time, like the only difference between us and pitchers is our rubber essentially, or the mound would move. It would shift mm -hmm. right and going in different directions on the field. Theirs is straight towards the plate, but their goal is to get as close to the plate possible with that extension and with the release. So therefore it becomes like more of that overstride, but hitters, yeah, it's front foot in the ground, boom, hips, fire arms, chase. And that's where the power is created.
Yeah. Yeah. And one thing I want to touch on, we have to kind of tail on this quick because we got to move on to our next segment, but when you're a QB trainer, you're working with a guy like, like an Anthony Richardson, you know, Dan Orlovsky has put out some really good videos where, you know, early in the year, especially his feet were too close together. He was losing that base and he was relying so much on that upper arm torque and, and losing that sequencing between his base and his, in his upper half. I know when you guys work with these quarterbacks, you're not doing, you know, you're not actually out there with them on the field, 11 on 11, getting everything going. How do you kind of, make it muscle memory for these quarterbacks to keep those that base wide to keep that sequencing ready yeah i'd say there's there's a couple different tools we make it a part of our warm-up so when when guys will get on the field you know they go through the arm stretches and kind of get their arms worn up and then we'll give them you know either a towel sometimes or a plyo ball so really we just take the football out of their hands um and, and might take a plyo ball and have them stand on the line Okay, or given maybe a certain object, if it's if it's depending on like if it's an overstride or if it's an understride, their base isn't wide enough. You, you can put something to make them straddle a bag, um, and really think about okay, this is how long my foot stride should be. This is the timing of it. How fast should it be down, and where should my arm be in that slot? And then really rep it continuously over and over and over again, and then eventually maybe throw the plyo balls against the wall, um, and then getting from a standstill position of stepping and throwing to okay let's do a drop or break steps you know your crossover step at the top or retreat steps and have them mirror that over and over and then we'll put the football in their hand 30 minutes later and try and make them mirror it but the biggest thing is especially for for guys that have been doing it so long like a richardson even though he's still younger but once you get into that muscle memory stage past high school it's really, really tough to make um, big changes to the throwing mechanics, but it's just like anything. If you want to get good at it or you want to perfect it, you can do it with me on the field, but when you go home, you're going to have to do it in the mirror, right? Look in the mirror and try and feel it over and over or start with your buddies when you're throwing out with the receivers and do it over and over and over again until that becomes natural um, to where you don't have to focus on that when you're out on the field, like 11 on 11, seven on seven team reps, the, the last thing you want is a quarterback thinking, Hey, well, I got this, this, this going on, but, uh, I got to make sure that my front foot gets down quicker in my arms. And I'm not even thinking about that. So where it becomes natural. So it's just reps, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And guys, we're going to keep talking about this muscle memory and how we can bring stuff from the practice field to the football field itself. But first, Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers can get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets when your first bet doesn't win. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. You know, guys, the NBA playoffs are going on right now. The Denver Nuggets are in the in the championship game. Probably the Miami Heat coming up. You want to go to FanDuel, the FanDuel official sports betting partner of the NBA. And everydayers, make sure you stay tuned in throughout the week as we go position by position, uh, group by group, and talk about the roster that the Indianapolis Colts have. We're going to talk about from top to bottom, from the starters to the death players to the long shots to make the team, so you guys have an informed opinion about every single player on the roster. So stay tuned in for that every day this week. All right, Greg, so the next topic of conversation, you know, we talked about that base and, and with a guy like Anthony Richardson, you want to keep that wide base. And, and he got better as the year went along, like credit to his QB coach, credit to his ability to get better throughout the year. Uh, and this is a guy who just turned 21, I think, 
today or yesterday. So yep. super, super young kid. Uh, but the other thing is just keeping those mechanics while under pressure. And I don't think anyone who watched Anthony Richardson this past season would say that he's poor under pressure. Like he reacts like a 10 year vet when it comes to pressure, he moves throughout the pocket really well. The only issue is just kind of maintaining those mechanics and maintaining accuracy while under pressure. So as a QB coach, who's working again with these guys in more isolated, isolated settings, how do you simulate pressure and kind of simulate the pressure response from quarterbacks and to kind of get them to keep those mechanics and not revert to bad tendencies when they're under pressure. That's probably the hardest thing to nail down because in all reality, I could throw everything at you. I could put guys in front that are other quarterbacks that are working with us and try and simulate some sort of pressure. I could throw freaking bags at you. At you. I can throw a BOSU ball at you. I can chase you. I could put every situation possible, but nothing truly will replicate that 11 on 11 feeling, even in a practice setting where you're going live team reps because we all know the quarterback is not getting touched. Right. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, obviously I played quarterback and there's team reps. You still want to have that sense of urgency and that will always be, you know, you're trying to make the timing work. um, And you're trying to simulate pressures and you're moving, but you know, at the end of the day, like you're still not going to be touched. Right. So it's my, biggest point to a lot of the younger guys especially high school college dudes um is to take every rep to the max so try and really do it at 100 percent. because we'll do a throwing on the run drill where you'll see guys get out of the pocket and they throw on the run at 75 percent and it's easy. I mean, if you play quarterback, it's easy to throw the ball on the run at 75%. It's easy to do some sort of off platform movement, you know, half speed or three quarter speed. And then you start to crank it up and you start to see guys react differently where the ball's not flying out as consistent. Their body um, mechanics are a little bit more inconsistent where their sequencing's off. And so that's why I use that, that, you know, that phrase, I guess, is doing it at hundred percent because if you do it there, if you practice at a hundred percent, it becomes a lot easier um, to throttle it down versus throttling it up. So, you know, to, to your point and to your question, it's, it's so hard to simulate it, but if you work it consistently where let's say we're going to get like a front side pressure and you got to get out left and flip the hips, right? Mm-hmm. Like we'll start it slow. Let's break it down to where maybe we're just going to start on a line and somebody's 10 yards in front of us, and we'll start with like a side shuffle where they'll shuffle left and then flip the the front shoulder and then throw the ball. And then we'll have it where they'll start down the line and then they'll sprint to the left. And then from there, flip the hips, let the ball go out. And then we'll drop or we'll add in a drop and do the same exact movement where they're going to push up and then flip the hips. So it's trying to build up like almost building blocks and then we'll give some sort of pressure and then where they do the full speed rep. So it's, it's again, it's like to your point where you're working the base and mechanics, you're trying to, to almost layer it and build, build, build until you finally get there to doing a full speed rep. And then it becomes a little bit more comfortable instead of, Hey, this is the drill we're doing. This is what I want you to do. Let's just go with it. And then, you know, they're kind of out of whack for the first three or four reps. So that's really what it is. It's, it's, you know, quarterback training is not, 
necessarily everything that you guys, um, and when I say you guys, I'm just talking about general public, um, everything that you would see on Instagram or Twitter or throwing routes and, you know, you show up and you, you, you get your arms going and then you throw the ball for an hour on just routes. It's, it's not that it's maybe routes for, if we're doing an hour and 20 minute session, warmups, 20 minutes, you know, we're going to another period where we're doing throwing off platform movements, et cetera, for 40 minutes. And then you'll throw routes for 20 minutes. Um, It's not, it's not what everybody thinks it is, or these, you know, we make these mixtapes and it looks great and cool, but I always tell guys like, look, especially newcomers. I'm like, what you're seeing online is not necessarily what every session is going to be. There's a lot of things like there's a reason why you're here. You can do all those things and throw routes with your buddies or throw routes with your team at any given time. So it's really just trying to break it down slowly and then build them back up to where they have some sort of confidence um, in that particular movement or off platform or in duress situation. Yeah. Yeah. And, and kind of to stack on that, when you're dealing with a quarterback like an Anthony Richardson or like a Josh Allen, which we're going to talk about here in our last segment is, you know, you have these guys who are creative passers. They're not just going to sit in that pocket and stand there they're going to get out of the pocket they're going to get on the move they're going to get out like get on just get outside the pocket uh do you kind of work with these guys to work on like hey resetting when you're out of the pocket or are there proper mechanics when you're on the move like how do you kind of work with quarterbacks like that who are so creative and get out of the pocket a lot yeah the it's really what they're comfortable with some guys are really good off platform throwers right where they can sprint right and in a flat line instead of attacking downhill and be able to create a ton of power with their up half. Like Richardson is that kind of guy where his arm talent um, sticks out. Obviously, Josh is another guy, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. You know, Rodgers can make all the off-platform throws. Um, and he's probably, like, the best off-platform thrower that you're going to see. And he does the pop steps. Yeah. And it's all the cute, sexy shit, right, that everybody, <laughs> yeah. like, wants to emulate. But it's so hard to necessarily do. Um, but it's trying to let them be natural, right? You're talking about like getting out of a pocket and maybe having to set your feet for a younger guy. There's, there's times where I would tell them to do that, but if they have the ability and it makes sense for them to continue on the run and just make a a quick twitchy upper half movement and get the ball out, that makes sense for them. Now, if we're talking about a 45 or 50 yard ball, they got to rip down the field. Maybe it makes sense for, for them to put their feet in the ground really quick and get the ball out. Um, you know, going to the left, throwing mechanics to the left. Like, usually if there's a receiver, if you're sprinting left and there's a receiver trailing you, like on a dig route from the right side and you're rolling left and he's trailing, maybe we have to flip the hips. You know, it's very hard to get your body in this position to throw it across the body, mm-hmm. uh, back across the field. So it would make more sense to really flip your flip your hips not necessarily resetting your feet, but getting your body squared up to your target a little bit more. And if they're in front of you on the left, um, you, you know, whether it's a corner route or an out route, maybe it would make more sense for you to continue on the run. And that throw becomes a little bit easier um, going to the left side. So there is different search situations for certain mechanics um, or certain movements with the body. And like I said, we try and I try and work on every single one of them that you're going to face. And I, I would, trying to make it as realistic as possible while not making them robots. Yeah. Um, you know, Richardson is so he's extremely gifted, right? Like we're talking about a ceiling that is like the sky is the limit for the kid. And there's a lot of expectations for him at some point. I don't know when that, you know, when, it, when he starts taking the one reps or 
um, what that's going to look like. But he has all the tools, right? It's just making sure that he's comfortable in operating the offense and being natural and doing so and not trying to force the issue. Um, but a guy like him, you got to let him do what he's going to do and be natural. Otherwise, I think you're really going to restrict um, his true talents and abilities. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Now, coming up, guys, we're going to talk about a quarterback that Greg has worked with in the past in Josh Allen, one of those phenomenal outliers that has hit, and how Anthony Richardson kind of learned from the success story of Josh Allen. All right, Greg, so talking about Josh Allen, I know you love Josh Allen, and, and you're always excited to talk about him, and yep. he he's kind of one of one. You know, he he's the type of guy that you don't encounter every single day where it's not like he's like Richardson where he's a one-year starter and you could see the ability to like you could see that he was just young and not really ready for it yet where Josh was a couple years starter and despite having immense talent like talent that we've never seen before a quarterback there were still a lot of issues there there were a lot of flaws and a lot of things he had to clean up and he was able to be one of those few success stories to go from you know 50 percent passer in college to an MVP candidate now every year in the NFL Right. What what did you kind of take away from working with a guy like Josh Allen and the mindset that he brings to being, you know, to, again, to go from a major outlier to one of the best quarterbacks in football? Right. Yeah, I saw I, I started seeing, you know, I met him when he was a, a junior in high school um, and started doing little things. This is before I was really, really like into the quarterback training world. I was kind of helping out, you know, my old high school quarterbacks and um, or excuse me, like the, the quarterbacks from my old high school and met Josh and, and really just like working on little things that I learned from my quarterback coach and, and in college. And then, you know, going into, you know, when he was in college and doing just little things, little footwork things after he got drafted or before the draft and then after he got drafted. And then, you know, the whole COVID off season, um, he was out here. And then when he's not here, he's obviously in Southern California training with, uh, with Jordan Palmer down there. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think the biggest thing for him was his feet. Um, when he cleans up, you know, I got clips of him. It's like his feet are kind of all over the place. And then you see the ball go all over the place. And then when you see his feet get cleaner, um, his shoulder level get a little bit more even, utilize his hips a little bit more because he was a big arm thrower from an early age. Um, and then he realized, okay, you know, standing a little bit taller, being a little bit more firm with his front side, um, staying more even with his shoulders, not realize, or excuse me, not having to, tilt as much throwing the ball down the field. I think, you know, it's really getting his, his feet, right. His upper half, right. And, and firming up his front side a little bit more, keeping his body upright and then getting him to fire his hips a little bit more and not having to rely on his arms so much um, that has helped him. And then especially, you know, like throws to the left for him, making sure his feet were right going to the left. He tend, he would tend to fly open his left hip a little bit too much. Um, and take, instead of taking more of like, we call it like, you know, break step or crossover. When you line your, your break step up or your crossover step that gets you a straight line throw, or if you're going to throw an out to the left, like realistically, you'd want to cut your receiver off by a yard and a half, two yards. So you can miss outside. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when guys fly open too much, they lose their front side, the front shoulder opens too soon along with her hip, that miss tends to be back inside because now the timing's off and your release point gets thrown off. Um, so it was really trying to dial in little things like that with him and then really working on layered throws. I thought he had the one ball, like the fastball was money for him. Obviously, he could throw the heater. And then obviously he could throw the deep ball. But the hardest throw for guys going from 
you know, high school to college and then college to the NFL is that layered two ball hard with an arc, like over one linebacker in front of safeties, deep digs over routes um, and being able, it's not necessarily, it's somewhat of a finesse throw, but it's still firm enough to where, um, you know, it's just slightly above defenders and you're putting it over them. And so those, once I knew that, that's what I said from the start, if Josh can nail down how to throw a two ball consistently, he'll be, you know, top three every single year in the NFL. And, um, you know, since I would say probably 2020, he's, he's been dialed, uh, yeah. but it's fun to watch. You know, he's, it's so natural to him. It's so, it seems like it's so easy at times when you watch him and when you train him. Um, and, and we have a good time out there. He's like a little brother to me. Uh, you know, he's a down to earth dude that just eats it up. He's so damn competitive, and I think he's so competitive with anybody. We could be thrown on the field, and he'll turn, and you know, you're playing against Tom Brady, but then we're practicing or training on the field, and he'll turn to me, and it's, you know, it's all crap talking. You're not making this so. And then I grab the football, and then now it just becomes a pissing contest between both of us. So now we have a good time out there. Yeah, yeah, and you know, obviously, you haven't worked with Anthony Richardson, and, and I, I'm assuming you haven't worked with Anthony Richardson. No, right? I haven't. Yeah. Will yeah. Hewlett uh, did his draft prep. I know Will. Um, yeah. Will's one of the top quarterback trainers in the country. He obviously worked with Brock uh, Purdy, and we had Will on the podcast um, during the season last year when Purdy took the whole world by storm and <laughs> and took over for Jimmy G. And and um, you know, w- Will has done some really good stuff with with Anthony and I saw the draft prep process like on Twitter and I saw it on, on Will's Instagram. And, um, I think what they do is, is really, really solid. And I think Will is probably going to be, I, I, I hate to say one of the up and coming guys, cause I think he's been, um, one of the best trainers, but he is going to take the world by storm. Also, I think with the quarterback training perspective and the draft, uh, prep perspective, just given the fact that he's had, you know, Purdy, um, they had Gardner Minshew out there. They had obviously Richardson, and I would expect a ton more over the next few years to be with them. Yeah, yeah, I know they're climbing up there into that Adam Dato and, and other type guys' yeah. uh, role there. Yeah. But And Jordan Palmer and Quincy Avery, obviously yeah. a lot of the, the top guys out there. But the last thing I wanted to ask you is, you know, again, you've worked with this major outlier in Josh Allen. You've worked with this. You've seen it up close. And while you never, while you haven't really worked with Anthony Richardson, Do you think just from what you've seen of him and what you've seen with Will Hewlett's uh, draft process and all that, do you think that he has what it takes to be, I don't want to say the next outlier that hits, but like a guy who can improve upon those inconsistencies and those footwork issues and everything that we've talked about today? Yeah, I think think it's going to come down to him being comfortable with the playbook, him being comfortable operating the offense, um, having the coaches almost let him do – his thing. And I thought that's what, when Josh played his first year, he was trying to be something that he's not. Yeah. He was trying to be this pocket passer. He was playing uptight. You could tell. And then going into year two, it was like, he kind of just let go and he went back to almost his style of play that he's played his whole life, which is obviously similar to Anthony Richardson. It's a big burly dude that can move, that has all the tools in the arm. And he finally just, let go and and became the Josh that that everybody watched him be in college. And that's when you really started to see him rise um, throughout the NFL. So I think from an athletic perspective, from the arm talent, from a mechanics perspective, I think that he's very clean. I think he's arguably, you know, he's going to be one of the best throwers in the league for sure. 
but it's just him being confident and understanding the offense and operating the offense that's going to be the the you know the make or break for him but otherwise i think the sky is the limit for him he's going to be super exciting to watch yeah and and they get the coach that worked with jalen hurts the last two years and got a lot out of jalen hurts uh we're really excited here at indy to see what anthony Richardson can do but everydayers make sure you stay tuned in again this week as we go position by position we get back to when our position we get back into our positional reviews uh that we're doing on the channel but for now make sure you're following greg pinelli at greg underscore pinelli there on twitter also the pinelli uh passing academy have you, do you have any nfl guys right now besides uh josh allen or mostly at the younger yeah, at the younger well, tyler level? tyler bray just finished up so tyler was a tennessee quarterback um was backup for alex smith there for five years um with the Chiefs, then went to the Bears, finished up with the Niners, and then Jake Hayner, who there just got go. drafted by the Saints. So I trained Jake last year. Um, you know, just the, the, the world's blowing up right now with the Jake Hayner photo shoot in the last <laughs> couple of days. So yes. I talked to him and gave him some crap about the photo shoot yesterday. But, uh, no, Jake is uh, – that's another guy I'm super excited about. I think Jake, you know, obviously getting an opportunity to probably sit – the next year or two uh, behind Carr there in, in New Orleans. And then um, he's a great thrower of the football, great athlete, can make all the throws on the field. Very, very smart dude. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited for him. And then, obviously, yeah, I have a ton of college guys that I work with too. Awesome, awesome. So make sure you guys are keeping your eye on Greg's work, uh, one of the best quarterback trainers in the country. And I always love following there on social medias. And if you guys aren't already following us, at Locked On Colts, at Jake Arthur NFL, and at Zach Hicks 2 all on Twitter. Also subscribe to Locked On Colts podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. We love your guys' ratings, reviews, and we'll see you guys bright and early tomorrow morning.